Peace to you. <laughs> Peace to you. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Um, we've made it to a new book. We all made it all the way through 2 Samuel. So now we'll have a new book today, 1 Kings, and we'll begin with chapter 1. If you want to read along with me, it's coming along. So here we go. Verse 1. Now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. So, um... He's elderly now, same um, David and Goliath, David. Um, verse 2, wherefore his servant said unto him, let her be sought for my lord, the king, a young virgin. Let her stand before the king and let her cherish him and let her lie in thy bosom, in thy bosom my lord, that my lord, the king may get heat. So, it sounds like they're saying um, they want some female available for him, some woman available for him, I should say, um, as a, a a body warmer to uh, not just babysit him, but uh, snuggle up to him and do whatever it is he needs in bed to keep him warm. Um, I mean, that sounds like the nicest way to say what they want. Um, but why she'd need to be a young and a virgin doesn't make any sense unless there is a sexual connotation to it. I'm guessing there probably is. Verse 3, so they sought for a fair damsel throughout all the coast of Israel and found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. So again, it seems like it's a sexual thing. Uh, otherwise, why would they know? Why would she need to be a virgin and why would you need to go on a hunt for something like that? But, you know, it's the society. That's what's happening. Um, and it looks like, isn't Shunem um, foreigners? It's, um, so they looked throughout all of their um, own people and found someone from Shunem. I'm not sure if that's a foreigner or not. Let's see. Verse 4. And the damsel was very fair and cherished the king and ministered to him. But the king knew her not. So it's saying there that the woman made herself available to him um, if he wanted to uh, engage in sexual activity. But it's saying he didn't have sex with her. Most likely because Viagra hadn't been invented yet. As far as we know, they have other stuff, ancient aphrodisiacs. But I don't think anything works quite like Viagra does. Verse 5, then Adonijah, the son of Hagith exalted himself saying I'll be king and he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him so now someone has decided uh, well we know the king when he was younger and stronger was exiled a couple of times once by his own son so he's like so now that he's old and more frail and needs a woman to keep him warm um, it's time to go ahead and attack and so he's doing what's called a coup, just like January 6th. Let's see how it turns out for him. He's doing the same thing David did. Uh, not David. Uh, uh, David's son did. One of them got 50 people to run before him and act as his 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 crew and uh, intimidate people um, representing him. Verse 6. And his father had not displeased him. Displeased him? 
Let's start again. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, why, house, why hast thou done so? And he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. So it seems um, the at this Adonijah, the son of Haggith, is another one of David's own kids. It's, at least that's the way it seems to be re reading to me. And he's saying that um, it seems that uh, he's also very handsome. So the goodly part is not just handsome, but um, flexible. He's a hot man, just like Absalom was described. Um, and um, it's saying apparently the good looks stem from the mother's side of the family since it's saying he was born after Absalom. Um, so clearly that's the lineage that he shares of David's children, verse 7. So this is another time where one of his kids is trying to uh, clout chase and snatch his throne from him now that he's old. Verse 7, he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. So now uh, David is reaping what he sowed with treachery by some of the people who were most loyal to him, now suddenly turning on him and teaming up with another one of his sons who's turned on him. Verse 8, but Zadok the priest and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet and Shimei and Re and the mighty man which belonged to David were not with the Donatists. So um, those lists we just named off in verse 8, <clears throat> excuse me, did not take part in the coup in turn being treacherous toward David, um, as some of the other people we read around read just now, um, previously were faithful, um, have turned on him. And one other thing I just noticed, one of the people named here is Shemi. And I remember in a recent reading we read about someone named Shemi. And I wondered if that's where the term Semites comes from, but I don't know why I was being silly. I remember Semites comes from when uh, the Noah time with his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, it's Shem with an S-H-E-M uh, for Shem, but it over time turned into Semites without the H um, and depending on the language. So that I don't know why I said that when I read that, but um, that just crossed my mind when we came across that verse. Anyway, verse 9. Adonijah, and Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zeh Zohileb, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons, and all the men of Judah the king's servants. So Adonijah is doing something similar to Absalom, grabbing power, and to um, inaugurate himself, he's throwing a big party by having a big barbecue of all sorts of animals for the people to partake in and inaugurate himself. Verse 10, but Nathan the prophet and Benaiah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother, he called not. So he's throwing a party, but the list is limited and exclusive. So um, he made sure not to include certain people he know, who he knew would have an issue with him taking over the throne and ruling the kingdom, including his brother Solomon. Verse 11, Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, 
Hast thou not heard that Adonai Jenna, son of Hadith, doth reign, and David our Lord knoweth it not? So um, Nathan is passing on word to um, David um, through um, uh, through the grapevine, basically, um, to let him know that even though David had in, uh, intention or talked about Solomon being the next in line for the throne, someone else has decided to usurp it and take it, um, namely one of his brothers. Verse 12, Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. So now um, Nathan, the prophet as they're called, is giving some uh, unsolicited advice to uh, Bathsheba, the um, woman who uh, David married after he had her husband killed um, by sending him to war. And now fathered children um, with her uh, he fathered one before uh, it didn't make it. It uh, died, uh, but he also now after the uh, after that one has had a son with her, Solomon. So it's that same woman who Nathan is giving advice to, and he's telling her, "Take my advice, and it'll save your own neck and your child's too." Verse um, thirteen: Go and get thee into get thee in unto King David. Say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? Why then doth Adonijah reign? So it seems they're saying David might be a little feeble, might be a little out of, out of it, sleepy, as this president has been accused of being by the previous president in one of his brilliant um little phrases he comes up with his catchphrases calling him sleepy uh and the media runs with it so now um he's it seems king david is having a moment like that too where he doesn't quite realize what's going on he's not with it anymore so um they've cooked up a plan nathan the prophet uh telling his wife one of them uh to go in and let him know what's happening while he's um not with it one of his sons has taken over and is reigning over the kingdom that he's actually still king over. Verse 14, behold, while, and also that he also intended to pass on to his son Solomon, not his son Adonijah. Verse 14, behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy words. So Nathan is saying, it's time for some theater. First you go in, with a message to the king. And while you're telling it to him, I'll go ahead and enter stage right and come in also with some more um, news to confirm it, to make it more dramatic and convincing, to let him know it's time to sound the alarm. Verse 15, And Bathsheba went in unto the king, into the chamber, and the king was very old. And Abishag the Shunammite ministered unto the king, so one of his wives is going in to consult with him while his new young piece is there taking care of him. And again, not in a sexual way, um, unless he wants to, um, but just to um, as a caretaker. Uh, verse 16, And Bathsheba bowed 
and did obeisance, 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 excuse me, unto the king. And the king said, what, what is thou? So now Bathsheba, one of his wives, uh, and one of his baby mamas, Solomon's mama, has gone into King David. And she's bowed herself um, in submission, basically, like you would salute someone. And the king is asking her, what does she want? Verse 17, and she said unto him, this is wife. One of his wives has to go through that. Verse 17, and she said unto him, my lord, thou swearest by the Lord thy God unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. So let's look at a couple of things there with that verse, with the tools that are available. Um, the word Lord, when she's talking about him, is a don, like um, lowercase l. Uh, just like Adonai is one of the ways that the Lord is addressed previously in some of the chapters and verses we've read. <coughs> Excuse me. Whereas you see here also the capital L-O-R-D, all caps, is being referred to as by the name or word Jehovah. But God, capital G, lowercase O-D, is from the word, translated from the word Elohim. So just a good example of how the word English words Lord and God are translated from many different words um, uh, throughout the scriptures as we've read before. Um, so anyway, she's gone in and playing her part in the, uh, in the setting the scene for Nathan, um, and letting King David know things are going off the rails. Verse 18, and now behold, Adonijah reigneth, and now my Lord, the King, thou knowest it not. So she's <laughs> played her part that she was gone in and given the King news and letting him know you're the King and you don't even know it. But your throne has been taken from you. Verse 19. And he said, and he had slain oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the sons of the king, and Abiathar the priest, and Joab the captain of the host. But Solomon thy servant hath he not called? So she's informing on everybody, letting them know that some of your most loyal servants and uh, friends, your, um, have turned on you. They've been invited to the party, the coronation of Adonijah, but Solomon, the one you intended to reign over you next, wasn't even invited at all. Verse 20, And thou, my Lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldest tell them who shall reign on the throne of my Lord, the king after him. So she's saying, all eyes are on you, King David, because the whole kingdom is wondering who it is you actually want to be king in your place once you're gone to succeed you. Verse 21, Otherwise it shall come to pass when my lord the king shall speak to his fathers that I and my son shall be counted offenders. So Bathsheba is saying she knows as soon as he's dead, King David, that um, the new kingdom, the new regime, the new uh, is going to kick her out, her and Solomon. And have no room for either one of them. Might even do away with them. Verse 22. And lo, while she yet talked with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. So right on cue, she said her part. Here comes Nathan. Verse 23. And they told the king, saying, 
Behold, Nathan the prophet, and when he has come in before the king, he bowed himself, and he was, and when he was come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. So now Nathan has showed up. He was announced by the king's servants that it's Nathan. He came in, bowed his face to the ground, out of respect, they presume. Verse 24, and Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? Upon my throne. So now Nathan is going in with the same message, saying, Is that what you really want? You did you make an announcement that Adonijah is next in line, and I missed the memo. Verse 25, for he's gone down this day and hath slain oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance. And hath called all the king's sons, and the captains of the hosts, and Abiathar the priests. And behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, God save King Adonijah. So basically, Nathan's repeated the same message that uh, one of his wives has reported to him about what's happening while he's not looking. And um, letting him know someone else is taking over the kingdom, and they basically got the people shouting, long live the king. Verse 26, but me, even me, thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon, hath not he called, hath he not called. So um, just like Bathsheba said, he's saying the same thing, saying, uh, one of your sons has declared himself king and didn't even invite us to the party. Verse 27, is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not shewed unto thy servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him so um nathan is asking david giving him an out saying instead of saying you're feeble and you don't even realize this is happening to you uh same thing with bathsheba instead they're asking him oh is this what you wanted this is what you really ordered and maybe just didn't tell us verse giving him an out to say uh no, I didn't command that. Or either to just go ahead and say, yeah, I'm cool with it. Verse 28. Let's see which one he goes. Which way he goes. Verse 28. And King David answered and said, call me Bathsheba. And she came in. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. So notice how this time it says she came into the king's presence. Whereas previously when we read earlier, it said she came into the king. It almost sounds like. She was plugging him, but to make sure they clarified that that's not the coming in that she was doing into him. Um, instead, she's just in into his presence. Um, so now he's called for one of his wives, Bathsheba. Um, see what the uh, presumably let her know what's up, what his decision is. Verse twenty nine, and the king swear and said, "As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul." Out of all distress. So now King David swearing to her, verse 30, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. So King David is saying he swears to God, whatever God name you want to give God, English God. He swears by the Lord that just like he promised her before that Solomon would be king after him, 
He's swearing the same thing to her now. Verse 31. Then the sheep bowed with her face to the earth and did reverence to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. So she's saying, um, God bless you for keeping your word. Verse 32. And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. So now he summoned them. Um, the prophets, basically, but not all of them, because remember, not all of them aligned with Solomon's kingdom. Others aligned themselves with Adonijah, at least one already. Verse 33, the king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. So now the king is staging his own inauguration, it seems, for um, Solomon. And an official one with the king's seal of approval on it, um, and organized even by the king, excuse me. In verse 34 And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there, king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet. And say, God save King Solomon. So David is arranged for an inauguration for Solomon uh, on the fly and telling them to do what he tells them, set it all up, and blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. But with all of the officials doing it and an army of people basically um, bringing it about. Verse 35 Then ye shall come upon, come up after him that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. So um, King David has said, do what I tell you, blow the trumpets, and when you're done, march Solomon on up to the throne, so that there will be no mistaking it who's king now. Verse 35, then he shall come up after him, that he may come and sit on my throne, for he shall be, oh, sorry, read that already. Verse 36, And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen, the Lord God of my Lord, the king, say so too. So um, Benaiah is saying, right on, we can do that. Verse 37, As the king, as the Lord hath been with my lord the king, even so he, even so be he with Solomon. And make his throne greater than the throne of my lord, King David. So, um, the uh, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, uh, is answering King David saying, I'm with you. God bless you. May it be so. From your lips to God's ears, I hope it happens. And hopefully he's even more fantastic in his kingdom than you are. Verse 38, so does Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Sherathites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. So that group of all those people we named in verse 38 are people who, for the most part, were the same ones who were loyal to King David when he was exiled. Sometimes, some, maybe just one of the times he was exiled. <coughs> Excuse me. But some, both times he was exiled, um, 
and seeking asylum among the Philistines of all people. Some of these same people were with him all of that time, even way back then. Um, so they've been faithful all of that time. So they'd also be recognized by the general population as being the authentic um, keeper of the will of the king when they're seen riding up and supporting Solomon's uh, reign. Verse 39, and Zadok the priest took an horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon. So just like that, even though Adonijah had something else in mind, all of the people have been swayed to say long live King Solomon, basically. God save King Solomon. Verse 40, and all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. So did the earth really quake and tear um, because the people were making that much noise? Uh, probably not. He probably doesn't mean that literally. Um, but probably, literally, there was a great crowd of people making a whole lot of noise so that there was a rumble. Either way, it's saying there was a, a big movement and a whole lot of people involved with it and celebrating. Verse 41, and Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is this noise of the city being in an uproar? So Joab, one of the ones who's been there a long time alongside King David, um, faithful, uh, more faithful than David many times, but now repaying the treachery, it seems, is wondering what's all the hullabaloo? Why are all the people shouting? Verse 42, just as he's finishing up eating with Adonijah, who thought he was going to take the throne and the crown. Verse 42, and while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came, and Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good tidings. So Adonijah's feeling good, feeling, his, feeling himself, thinking, Oh, here comes somebody with some good news for me. Uh, and it's a good, it's someone who's valiant and tough, one of the... Uh, Big wigs. He sees Abiathar, I'm sorry, Abiathar's son, Jonathan, showing up and thinks he's got good news for him. Verse 43. And Jonathan answered and said to Jonathan, Verily, our Lord King David hath made Solomon king. So he didn't mince any words, didn't waste any time. He let uh, Adonijah know, uh, I know you just had a party and everything, but King David has uh, made your brother Solomon the king. Verse 44, and the king had sent with him Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and the Sherathites and the Pelethites and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. I don't know why that always makes me think of Gunsmoke with Festus riding a mule, but instead of like some big valiant, big studly horse, it's a mule. Um, I guess that goes along with Jesus's triumphal entry, as it's called, when he, instead of riding some um, uh, grand steed, uh, enters the city on a mule, uh, it seems, just like Solomon is doing, uh, and just like the King David, his predecessor, his ancestor, 
did. Um, so now um, he's riding in on a mule, um, not just any mule, King David's mule. Verse 45, and Zadok, the priest, and Nathan, the prophet, have anointed him king in Kehon, and they are come up from thence rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the noise that ye have heard. So um, he's gone and answered the question for him. Uh, Jonathan has shown up uh, to let him know, not David, King David's uh, sort of lover, Jonathan, but another Jonathan has shown up with the news, answering their question about what's all the hullabaloo. He's letting them know someone else has been inaugurated king while you've been sitting here thinking that the throne is yours. That's the noise that you heard. Verse 46, and also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. So the last of the bad news um, to him is that not only has the kingdom been snatched away from you while you thought you were going to snatch it away from your elderly dad, but it's been snatched away. Uh, you snatched it away from your elderly dad. Now it's been snatched away from you before you even got to sit on the throne and given to Solomon. Verse 47, and moreover, the king's servants came to bless our Lord King David saying, God, make the name of Solomon better than thy name and make his throne greater than thy throne. And the king bowed himself upon the bed. So he's letting him know uh, the chapter is finished. Solomon is now the king and King David is chilling in his bed. Verse 48, and also thus said the king, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which hath given one to sit on my throne this day, mine eyes even seeing it. So he's saying all of the people have basically said, long live the king, King Solomon. God bless him on the throne. And even the king himself has given him his blessing, um, chilled out on his own bed and saying, uh, God bless the king. And thank God I got to see the new king while I'm still alive, uh, while I see a new king be seated while I'm still alive. Verse 49, and all the guests that were with Adon Adonijah were afraid and rose up and went every man his way. So um, the news Jonathan took to the party ended the party and everyone skedaddled. Verse 50, and Adonijah feared because of Solomon and arose and went and caught hold of the horns of the altar. So Adonijah is now seized with terror and, seized, and he's actually seizing, grabbing hold of the altar, verse 51, and it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for lo, he hath caught hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear in a meter today that he will not slay his servant with the sword. So Adonijah is so terrified that his treachery is going to be repaid to him, that he's gone into the altar, presumably the holy place's altar, uh, taking hold of the horns, that's part of the altar's setup, and tell, and proclaiming that he won't leave unless the king swears that he won't put him to death, Based, presumably for the sedition, for the treason, for trying to snatch the throne from him when he knows it's not intended for him. Verse 52, and Solomon said, if he will shew himself a worthy man, there shall not a, a hair of his, a hair 
of him fall to the earth. But if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So Solomon is beginning to flex his wisdom and his power and his authority and saying if his brother Adonijah is all right, if he's righteous, he has nothing to worry about. Um, but if not, uh, then he'll surely die. And that's just sort of a foreshadowing to the sort of judgments that Solomon is getting ready to lay down because he's going to settle a whole lot of other scores as these other chapters emerge as we read them, God willing, if I remember right. Verse 53, so King Solomon sent and they brought him down from the altar and he came and bowed himself to King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, go to thine house. So now Adonijah has been persuaded to leave the altar alone, the horns of the altar, and go and prostrate himself before the king. So uh, he used his head and did that, bowed himself and submitted himself to the king. And King Solomon now, because that's who he is, has told him to go home. Um, and so that's how Solomon's reign begins in the kingdom and how King David's reign ended. That is also how this reading of The Naked Truth ends, because that's the last of this chapter. Thanks for joining me. I love you and hope to see you next time. God bless you. Peace be with you.